As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. If you're looking to get in real estate, you shouldn't hesitate. But first, you should figure out what are you best at and how can you leverage that skill in order to really partner with others. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com, and in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best Ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm your host today, Theo Hicks. And today, we will be speaking with Ellis Hammond. Ellis, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Really excited to be here. I've been a best ever listener myself, part of the community for really since the beginning of my real estate investing career. So really feel honored to be here. Well, that's great to hear. And I'm glad you've been a longtime listener. I'm glad you finally get your opportunity to speak to the best ever community as well and hopefully provide advice to like-minded individuals or maybe people who were once like you. Before we get started, a little bit about Ellis. He is the founder of EllisHammond.com. He manages a private network of investors that focus on acquiring multifamily commercial real estate assets. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. He is based in San Diego, California, and you can say hi to him at Ellis Hammond. That's E-L-L-I-S-H-A-M-M-O-N-D.com. So before we get into more details, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to, man, because I think it's a great story and I hope it's encouraging for your listeners kind of wherever they are in their journey. My background is really in the nonprofit space. I call my story from missions to multifamily a missionary working here in San Diego, California for a Christian nonprofit. And 
I got into real estate really to try and find a better way to create cash flow, to find a better way to build wealth for my family, for the things that my wife and I were passionate about serving. So we learned about real estate and really went all in. I'm not kidding when I say like I learned how to buy my first piece of property listening to podcasts like Joe's and several different podcasts. I would just put it in my ear and I would listen. So I got started that way. We started buying duplexes here in San Diego, started with a house hack, of course. And I think we learned pretty quickly that even though we did really well, it was going to be really hard to get where we wanted to be in terms of the wealth that we wanted to create. So we needed something that was more scalable. So that's where we learned about syndication. I think that's probably why I started listening to the best ever show is the focus on syndications. So yeah, now we've been a part of two syndications as passive investors, but also really leveraging our networks to really move those deals forward, partnering with other sponsors to raise capital. Oh, yeah, that was a very inspiring story. Before we talk about what you're focused on now, how many duplexes did you buy? And was it like you house hacked one, was it for a year and house hacked another one? Or did you just house hack the first one and then buy the other ones? We actually own a couple single family homes or two in South Carolina, which is where I grew up. And then we came to San Diego and we purchased one duplex where we did a house hack in. And essentially we moved into the back unit, which is what we kind of rehabbed. We had a long-term lease on the front unit and we did really well. We created through that rehab phase about 100K in equity in 11 months. And a lot of that has to do with the market appreciation in San Diego, which is crazy. But also we found the ugliest house on the best block in town and really created a ton of value in a short amount of time. And then now we refinanced out of that deal. We had a family investor invest with us. We we're able to pull out most of their capital and give back to them. And now we rent, actually we Airbnb one side and we long-term lease the other. Okay, and so after that one house hack is when you realized that it'd be hard to scale that. And that's when you transitioned into syndications. Yeah, it was when I was doing some landscaping in the backyard and shoveling dirt. And I realized there's got to be a better use of my time than out here shoveling dirt. Even that principle of how much is your time worth and listening to podcasts and listening to people who have gone before me, I think hearing that question asked, and I'm thinking, I know my time is more valuable than shoveling dirt. I can do something more with this. So that's when we realized like, hey, I don't want to be 10 p.m. scraping floors on my project. That's what we had to do for that deal just because there was no margin in the deal to hire anybody else. So that's where we started learning about syndications and really putting together a team to go buy bigger projects. Okay, so you said you've done two syndication deals so far. Were those ones where you were the sponsor or are those two deals that you were passively investing in? Yeah, I'm on the general partner side of both of those deals. So I act on the general partnership with those sponsors. But really the value that I bring to sponsors is my network, is my experience really from the nonprofit world and fundraising. Oh, okay. So you're on the GP side, mostly focused on the equity raising aspect. Yeah, investor relations, capital raise, exactly. Okay. Do you mind walking us through how you were able to join either an existing GP or how you found the person that you partnered with? The reason why is because I know a lot of people want to become syndicators and one of the big things is lack of real estate experience, but you're kind of a testament to the fact that, yes, you did a few deals before, but you went from doing a few single family homes to doing a house hack duplex to raising capital for, I'm assuming, multi-million dollar deals. Do you mind just walking us through how you were able to get involved with the GP that you're currently on? Sure. Well, I'll save my best advice because I think it's going to apply really well to this. But I think the first step was that I got educated. 
I really understand how syndications work. I knew the lingo. I knew how to evaluate deals before I ever approached a sponsor. I was well-versed in the apartment syndication world. And then I just went out and started building relationships with people. And honestly, the first guy I ever met, I heard him on a podcast show. And at that time in my life, I was just reaching out to every single person who was where I wanted to be. And it was through that process where I just developed some really deep relationships, found some really good mentors. And it was one mentor in specific who I approached and actually he was looking at a different type of investment in Texas and we flew down to go look at that project. We weren't interested in that, but we learned really quickly, hey, we like this guy. We like this network. He could really serve as a mentor for us. And we approached him and said, hey, if you find another apartment deal, which he wasn't buying a ton of apartment deals at that time, but we said, hey, if you buy another one, we'd like to be a part of this project. We really think we have a network that would be interested in something like this. And lo and behold, that project came up next couple months and we were able to really partner and bring value through our network. So exactly, we would approach all of these sponsors. Walk us through exactly what you'd say, but for someone who wants to start reaching out to sponsors, sure. what's some important information to include in that first point of contact? That's really great. I think you want to make sure you know the ins and outs of apartment syndication. You want to know exactly what you're doing. I think it's hard to say the O because a part of this has really come through relationships and relationship building showing up at conferences and getting face-to-face. I think that's a huge thing. If you're going to conferences, you're meeting these people, you want to make sure that there's kind of good synergy there. But if you were to reach out to someone, let's say it's Joe, for example, you've been to his conference or you've been listening to his podcast, say, hey, this is who I am. I've been part of your network for a while. I've really got a ton of value from what you're doing. I've been talking with my network, which means that you have to have already kind of gone to your network and said, hey, if I could bring a deal like this, would you be interested? So, you know, you have enough momentum, I guess, in your personal networks who send, yes, if you bring me this, we'd be down to ride essentially, right? And I would just be very direct to say, hey, I have a network who's interested in investing in real estate and exactly what you're doing. And I'd love to talk more about if we could add value to one another, because that's exactly what you're doing as a money raiser, essentially, is you're bringing value to a sponsor. Because most of the sponsors that I find who are really good at operations or really good at management, they spend a lot of their time finding deals and operating the projects that they're not really good at building a brand and they're not really good. I wouldn't say good, but they just don't focus enough time in raising the money. That might be an exception for Joe. He's done a great job of building a brand, but most of them have not. So that's the real value that we can bring as money raisers is that we have a network. We have a brand that we can leverage in order to really bring value to our investors and bring value to the sponsor. All right, Elton, I know you said that you might have touched on this already, but We're going to ask it anyways, if you want to just repeat it or have something new to say, but what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I saved it, but it does kind of go back to what I was saying. And I think it's really simple. First of all, everyone should get started investing in real estate. That goes without saying, but there are so many ways to enter into real estate investing that the best advice ever that I could give is that you need to know what your superpower is. You need to know what you do best. So for me, for example, that wasn't looking and crunching at numbers. For me, it was a skill I learned through the nonprofit world, which was building relationships and fundraising. And I found a way to really use that superpower to add value to other experts in the real estate world. So I can't say that any more clear. If you're looking to get in real estate, you shouldn't hesitate. But first, you should figure out what are you best at and how can you leverage that skill in order to really partner with others. All right, Alice, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? 
Yeah, let's get it. Woohoo! All right, first a quick word from our sponsor. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference BEC20.com. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. All right, Alice, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I love mindset books, so this is what's really helped me kind of crush some self-limiting beliefs. So one is Mindset, which is The Psychology of Success. Incredible book. Talks about growth and fixed mindsets. And then the other one is Switch on Your Brain. Two really amazing books that have really, really helped me in the past year. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I'm building a brand primarily. That's what I'm really focused on. So I'd go back to the drawing board and I'd figure out how to best serve my audience, the following that I'm creating. So if it's not in investments, I'm still building a strong brand that really is learning to know, like, and trust me. So I'd go back to the drawing board and see what they need. What is the worst deal you've ever done? I haven't done enough deals for any of them to go really south yet, but I would say that my due diligence process that I go through on every single deal, which I'm actually happy to send that to the best ever listeners if they reach out to me, but the due diligence process I go through and vetting the sponsors has probably kept me from doing some shady deals or some deals that may not have worked out with, or maybe they'd have worked out with, but I would just wouldn't have enjoyed doing those deals. That probably has helped me a ton. And lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? EllisHammond.com is a great place to reach me. If you sign up, I will reach out to you there. You can find me on LinkedIn. I do a ton of content. Most of my content comes on LinkedIn or call me. My phone number is 619-797-6213. And Theo, if they go to my website, EllisHammond.com and sign up for either my newsletter or fill out an investor form, I'll be happy to send them my due diligence checklist that I use for every deal which like I said, has really saved me a ton of headaches in really not doing bad deals. So be happy to send that as well. All right, because that's what I was going to ask you next, which is where they could find that checklist. So if you go to ellishammond.com, will they be able to find it pretty easily? Yeah, I mean, like I said, either sign up for my newsletter or fill out a form. I'll get it right away and I'll be happy to reach out to them that way. All right, well, Ellis, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Lots of solid advice. Um, Just to quickly summarize, so you discussed how your background was in nonprofit. You were a missionary in San Diego and decided to transition into real estate because you wanted to find a better way to create cash flow and build long-term wealth for you and your family. You said that you literally bought your first property by learning from listening to podcasts like ours. That's always great to hear. I mentioned how you had did a few investments in South Carolina that were single-family homes and ended up house hacking in San Diego. It took a lot of manual labor and while you're doing some landscaping in the backyard, you realize that this is not the way to go. If you want to I create. hate gardening. <laughs> yeah, you're gardening in the backyard. They're probably sweating in the San Diego sun and just have, had an epiphany that this is not the way to go. And that's when you <laughs> transitioned into syndications. I mentioned how you are part of the GP on two syndication deals and your focus is on the equity raising investor relations. We talked about how you were able to become a GP with very minimal experience and First of all, you mentioned how you got educated before actually speaking with sponsors because you got to know what you're talking about. And then you went out and started building relationships with people. You reached out to everyone. You heard on podcasts. You 
went to conferences, talked face-to-face with people, and eventually were able to find a mentor that you ended up partnering up with on these two deals. We talked about what someone in a similar situation needs to do in order to reach out to these sponsors. Obviously, know the ins and outs of apartment syndications, go to conferences and speak to people face-to-face. But the most important thing, and this kind of goes into your best of advice as well, is you need to know what value you can bring to these sponsors. You can't just go out to them and say, hey, I want to work for you. Even if you say, I want to work for you for free, that's still not enough value to add. You need to figure out what your superpower is and then how you can use that superpower to add value to a sponsor's business. And you mentioned from your experience that a lot of syndicators are really good at crunching the numbers, at finding deals, at managing deals, but they don't focus as much on the brand building component. And so that is where you, based off of your background of networking and fundraising, were able to add value to their business. So best of your listeners, if you are interested in becoming a syndicator, Ellis kind of gave you an entry point, which is become an expert on building a brand, have some proof that you're able to build a brand, and then maybe even proactively start a brand for a syndicator and then yes. to them so they know that you're the real deal. Yes, every 16-year-old should become a syndicator, right? Because they're good on, on social media. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Snapchat experts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ellis, again, really appreciate you coming on the show. Best of the listeners, thanks for tuning in. And I will talk to you soon. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.